everyone. Welcome to our bonus episode. Thank you so much for being a subscriber. I'm Alexis Jowski. I'm Kevin Daly. And in this episode, we're talking about Conan the Destroyer, 1984, directed by Richard Fleischer. In an age when only the strongest survived, and only the ruthless triumphed, only one name became a legend. Conan, the Destroyer. In his first adventure, he fought alone. It is written that a woman child must make a perilous journey. I want you to take her on that journey. Now, he joins a wizard. What are they going to do? Have lunch. A warrior. There are six of them against her. One, two, three. A renegade. I think you're right. And a princess. Together. They are sent by a treacherous queen across the lands of hostile kingdoms to solve the mystery of an ancient race and seek the power of a phantom city. You're afraid of magic. When it comes from evil, this will come anyway. The Horn of Dagoth, destroyer of worlds. The god will live again. Enough talk! If they cannot seize the horn in time, the world will be plunged into eternal darkness. Grace Jones, Wilt Chamberlain, Mako, Sarah Douglas, and Arnold Schwarzenegger as Conan the Destroyer. The all-new adventures of the most powerful legend of them all. Who uh, also directed Mandingo, by the way. No, I haven't seen that. I get the feeling that might be on our list at some point. That totally is on our list. Of course it is. Um, So Conan the Destroyer is PG, although it would be PG-13, but PG-13 didn't exist yet. Yeah, not for another few months. It was the same year. Uh, July of the same year, I believe, was... 1984 was when they introduced the PG-13. This was a PG-13, and a relatively hard PG-13. Yep. So we uh, start with the exact same voiceover from Mako, setting up this era. Yep. And we have new music that is still awesome from the same yeah, composer. Yeah, I like the tra- I like the score better in this movie, actually. It's more consistent. Yes, yeah, more consistent. I think that's that's what I like the best about it. And we get some knights on these armored horses that are just out for a run as the credits go. And Conan's praying at some shrine, and he's got a new sidekick named Malik, who's a thief. Yeah, he's the comic relief of the movie. Yeah, I, I think he's supposed to be Subutai, though, because he I talks... Mean, to Conan about, like, remember the stuff in the first movie? Yeah, I don't know what the deal with that is, why they have a completely differently named character that kind of occupies the same role. Very weird. Only a little more comic-y. Yeah. 
Because Subutai was pretty serious. This guy's a joke. Yeah. And so these knights attack, and Conan's like, oh, well, what do they want? Melek's like, oh, we uh, robbed that merchant. They they probably, they're after that. So while Conan fights the uh, the knights, Malik hides out under this shrine and fucking eats the gems that they stole. Yeah, that's not going to feel good coming out, if they come out at all. <laughs> like, this is pretty thick boy gems he's <laughs> swallowing down there. Yeah, he's just swallowing them. And then he, he comes out with his daggers and does his, his rogue backstab. Yeah, he's not a terrible fighter. He's just a coward. Yeah. And he, Conan fucking punches out a horse. Yep, continuing the theme of Conan punching livestock. Yeah, and so finally we get the head knight, Bombata, played by Wilt Chamberlain. Yeah, well, uh, I'll bring up a little bit of Wilt Chamberlain and why the story plot of this always makes me laugh involving Wilt Chamberlain. Oh, when we get to that that part. <laughs> I know where you're going to bring it up. But he takes out this, like, whistle to call off the knights. And with them is Queen Tamaris, played by Sarah Douglas. She was the, uh, female bad guy in Superman 2. Oh, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because there's, oh, what's his name? Zod. General Zod, Zod yeah. and he's got his two sidekicks, the strong guy and the woman, and Sarah Douglas yeah, yeah, played yeah. the woman. Right, right on. And she's like, I'm Queen Tamaris, and Conan's like, I ain't my queen. I'm Conan, I have no, no legions to anybody. I didn't vote for you. Yeah. Hashtag not my queen. And he's like, oh, what are, you, what are you doing here at this this shrine here, huh? Huh? Let me see. And sees that he's, like, praying for Valeria. And he's like, Valeria is with Krom. And Tamaris is like, well, if you do this favor for me, I can bring her back. And Conan's like, okay, yeah, let's do this. What's the favor? Oh, I'll tell you later. <laughs> <laughs> Gladly pay you now. For it. And so they go into town, and it's the same city from the first movie. Because that camel is there, and Malik's like, hey, hey, does he look familiar to you? Yeah, so apparently uh, Osric the Usurper has passed, and now we have a new queen. Yep, Queen Tamaris. But not the daughter, presumably. Presumably, yeah. We don't know exactly what has happened at this point. Or maybe King Osric wasn't the king of this town. King Tamaris of Shadazor. Where is Shadazor, this mapper? Oh, it's, it is another, it's a, it's a, it must be a different city in Zamora. Because Shadazar is on the map in Zamora. Yeah. Oh. In near the south. So maybe this was a different, a different town. Well, so then this camel gets around. I mean, in theory, right? Like, if it was a merchant that traded in the region, it could be the same camel. Yeah, and Conan, he apologizes to the camel. It's like, I'm sorry I hit you that one time. And the camel spits at him. So Conan punches the camel again. I mean, that's Conan's thing, is punching horses and camels. And so they they get to the, the castle, and their queen is like, We drink to Dagoth, the dreaming god. And Dagoth sounds like it's something right out of Lovecraft. Yeah, Dagoth, I don't know if Dagoth is an actual deity or demon in, uh, in the Conan myth. I don't think so. But it has a name that is very similar to the god Dagon, which is uh, one of the gods, one of the great old ones uh, worshipped by the fish people and the deep deep ones and stuff. They have Dagoth. Yes. And um, so Tamaris is like, has written in the scrolls of Skelos, you know, a woman of royal blood will be born with some mark and she's got to go. She's the only one that can collect this treasure and use it to uh, bring... 
Dagoth to life or something. Pretty much. And then you gotta go collect this treasure from a castle guarded by a wizard named Toth Amon. Who is a classic Conan villain. And actually, Tulsa Doom probably is closer to being Toth Amon. Yeah, because Toth Amon, of- from what I read, was like the high priest of the, the snake cult. Yep, that that's the name they should have used, but anyway. What's interesting about that name, though, is one time I saw a uh, a flat earth map. Yes. And they had theorized what's beyond the ice wall of the flat earth, and that there's yeah. all these other continents, and one of them was named Toth. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I mean, Toth is an Egyptian goddess of, or goddess, god of, like, knowledge. So this is a very Egyptian god name. But again, when you view it as, like, this is the Hyborian age, this is in that age of myth, all of the things that, you know, civilizations worshipped after probably were actual beings that existed during this age. Um, So it kind of makes sense when you do that. My sister and I would Photoshop each other postcards from those other beyond-the-icefall countries. (laughs) And I think they still have the one that says, Greetings from Toth. <laughs> but, so Conan's like, okay, we'll do this, you know. Um, and she's like, I'm going to send my head of the guards, Bombata, with you. And so the princess has this, she wakes up from a nightmare. And she's like this teenage girl, okay? Yes. Princess Jenna. And she's had a nightmare, and she's wearing this ridiculous fucking nightgown. That it's just nip-slip and side-boob n- nightgown. Yeah, and I'd like to point out at this point, this is played by Olivia, uh, D- uh, Olivia De- uh, Dabo, Diabo, who was uh, born in 1969. That would make her 15 years old in this movie. Oh, well, she certainly looks it. So, yeah, she was also on Wonder Years as the older sister, the hippie sister. Oh, that was a little bit later, yeah. 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 And so they, uh, the, the queen pulls Bombada to the side to explain the real plan here, that right. you're going along, you're going to protect the treasure. And you, Wilt Chamberlain, will protect this girl's virginity. <laughs> Wilt Chamberlain, the man who claims to have had sex with 10,000 women. <laughs> yes, he's going to be the one to protect this girl's virginity. <laughs> yes, <laughs> he knew where I was going with this. That's why I said, I know when you're bringing that up. <laughs> Most ridiculous shit ever. They had to have done that as a joke. That, that, had they been, knew. that had to have been a wink-wink, nod-nod joke. And so, um, yeah, she has to remain a virgin so she can be properly sacrificed. Yeah, because it has to be a virgin sacrifice, of course. To bring back. Yeah. And also, I want you to kill Conan. <laughs> yeah, also that. And so they're, they're riding together. We've got our party here of Conan, Malik, Bombata, and this bitchy little princess. And, and Jenna, yeah, who's well. In, in her defense, she's never like been let out to do anything. Yeah. Um. Well, she doesn't know if Conan's handsome or not. She's asking Bobanta's advice, and he's like, "What? I don't care." She's like, "You're the only man I've ever seen in my life, so I have no no gauge here. I have no frame of room." It's also implied at this point that Bombata is a eunuch. Yeah. Because he says, I've never seen, you know, a real man. No offense to you, Bombata, implying that he's a demon. That must mean why he's perfect to protect her virginity, because he can't do anything. Right, which is even, again, very funny, ironic, given who is playing this character. And they're going through these really fabulous runes with these giant statues. Again, with a nice set design. Yeah, set design's great. And, um... 
they're they're gonna go this one way, and the princess is like, I I know it's this way though. The the, the castle we're going to is this way, and Conan's like, yeah, but we need to recruit a wizard for our party to fight the wizard. <laughs> yeah, so we're gonna go pick up my buddy Akiro, who's about to be killed by cannibals. And I think these are supposed to be the picks, because the picks in uh in the Howard universe are influenced by like the native tribes. Okay. And um, so I think that's where we're supposed to, uh, I think that's what they're supposed to be. It's never specifically stated, but I, based on what they look like and representations I've seen of them in other media, I believe that's what they're supposed to be. But we can never escape cannibals. No. Uh, why would we? Yeah. I mean, we, did, we didn't escape it in the first film. No, but we got cannibals again. And this time Conan just runs through chopping off heads. Yeah, there's actually a fair amount of violence. There's a lot of blood, there's decapitation. I mean, there's, you know, this would have been a pretty hard BG-13. And Akira's like, oh man, they were going to eat me. Malik's like, why were they going to eat you? You would have you would have tasted bad to them. Akira's like, well, fuck you. He's like, no, I meant because you're magic. I didn't mean anything by it. <laughs> I didn't mean you taste bad. <laughs> um, But we learn more about the, the jewel that this princess has to get. It's called the Heart of Eremon, which is a, a very fantasy name. Eremon, a real uh, real deity, the highest deity of Zoroastrianism. Oh, well, see, that's new to me. And only the princess can pick up this jewel. And along the way, they meet Grace Jones as Zula, which is a racist, racist as hell name there. Yeah, but the character's pretty badass. Yeah, she, she's badass because she's Grace Jones. True. And she's like the last remaining bandit that tried to raid this village, and they've got her tied up, and the princess feels bad. She's like, Conan, go save that, that woman. And so he just goes up and, and frees her so she can kick ass. Yeah, because he can tell that, you know, warriors know warriors, and he can tell that what she wants is... Not to uh, to beat up the guys that are tormenting her, but just to be free so that she can kick the shit out of them on her own. Yeah, so she kicks the shit out of some of them, and the whole village is just terrified of her. And they, they'd let her leave. They let her just take a horse and leave. And so she catches up with Conan's group and joins their party. Yeah, even though Bombada does not want her to because, well, that's one more person he has to deal with. Yeah, it makes his job harder to kill everybody. And 30 minutes in, they make it to the castle of Tathamon. Yeah, I like the pacing of the first 45 minutes of this film. Yeah. Actually, a little bit, even a little bit longer, through the, the through the fortress, I would say. Because they, uh, they decide to crash and spend the night at the, uh, shores of this lake, because the castle's out in, like, the middle of this lake. Yeah, Thothanwan, by the way, totally knows they're there. He's been monitoring them. Oh, yeah. And as soon as they go to sleep, he, uh, casts a spell with some sort of, like, ghost dragon. Yeah. Which comes and steals the princess away. By the way, nobody taking watches, apparently. Everyone just passed the fuck out. Yeah. That's that, bad form if you're adventuring. I think uh, I think he cast a spell to do that, though. That, yeah, most likely. That makes sense. And um, so they're like, oh, well, we got to go save the princess now. They go, sw- they, they take a boat to the castle and the, the, the gate is locked. So Mako, the first of one time that he does his goofy ass spells... Where he like puts work. his hands together and he goes, yeah, 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 yeah. We have to yeah. swim into the castle. <laughs> well, it's funny because it seems like he's just bullshitting, but he act. He was. It was like this in the first movie too. It just seems like he's bullshitting, but it actually whatever he does works. Yep. And so they uh they swim into the castle, Poseidon adventure style. Malik's like, oh, well, who's gonna watch the boat? And Conan's like, well, you can stay here if you want. I, I don't care. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you're not that useful anyway, Malik. <laughs> 
And then once they all swim in, Malik's like, no, they need me. So he decides to jump in anyway. And they climb up this nice-looking spiral staircase. No guardrails on it, though, but... Nope, um, on the handrail. Safety on the stairway. Yeah, just just this gigantic spiral staircase around a pillar, where if you one bad step and you can fall down to your death... That's a place you need guardrails. And I put in here that, like, okay, so this is like a WoW dungeon. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Because you get the totally obvious uh, uh boss chamber. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Again, totally not suspicious. That Conan goes into, and Toth ducks into a secret door and, and locks Conan in there alone. But the rest of the party is outside, like, watching through this window. And, there's, and Malak tells Akiru, uh, Wizard it open! <laughs> Yeah. And he's like, oh, I can't. Yeah, we get the uh, the line here. Fine magician you are. Go back to juggling apples like Akira, some sort of fucking birthday clown. That's right. And so this chamber is filled with mirrors, and this uh, monster appears in the middle. Yeah, I like this scene where, like, they're coming through. Everyone, like, all these images are stepping through, and then they kind of form into one. Yeah, of this Caliban-looking motherfucker. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Weird. Goofy and creepy at the same time. It's kind of unnerving, actually. Yeah, and so Conan, at first he's getting his ass handed to him by this monster. But yep. then he realizes that uh, the mirrors are this uh, the power of this monster. So he's Yeah, just... he bumps into one of the mirrors with the sword and shatters, and suddenly the monster's, like, injured. He's like, ah, I get it now. Yep, and um, so he's smashing all the mirrors, and it gets down to two mirrors. Uh, one the, the wizard is behind, and one that his party is behind. And they're like, not here, Conan, don't stab us! But he can't hear him. He had, just happens to get lucky and pick the right mirror. Yeah. And kills the wizard. Like, this was this was Tothamon's only game here. It polymorph himself into man-beast. Yep. And so, we get victory music, I put. <laughs> it's not quite da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Yeah, they're, they're checking the room for loot. They're counting up the XP they got from that fight. And then Conan's he, arguing that he sold it. The other one shouldn't be getting any XP. Yeah, they're like, well, Conan, you went in there like Leroy Jenkins. And meanwhile, the GM's like, uh, I'm annoyed. Uh, rocks fall, everyone dies. And they're like, please, no. All right, you have a couple of seconds to escape. Yeah, because the, the princess grabs the gem. And the castle starts to crumble and they get out. Uh, one thing I want to bring up here is when I was a kid in daycare, uh-huh. We watched this movie a lot. How old were you? Oh, I'd have been about seven, eight. It's a little heavy for an eight-year-old, but not too bad. But all of the boys wanted to watch this movie. I wonder why. And then always, like, once they escape, either my parents would pick me up or the people running the daycare would go, Oh, man, we shouldn't be watching this. Even though they put it on every fucking day. After this point, they'd yeah, be like, yeah. oh, this is too much for these kids. I mean, it doesn't, well, I guess it gets a little bit more violent at this point. So for the longest time in my life, I thought this was the whole movie. I mean, it's not. If this was the whole movie, it wouldn't have been bad. Yeah. But no, there's more movie after this. There's plenty of movie after this. Yeah, this is about 50 minutes into the film now, I want to say. And now we get about 20 or 30 minutes of kind of slow. Yeah, because they, uh, they're beset by uh, bandit knights. <laughs> that are totally not the guard that Queen sent to help Bombada kill them. Nope, not them at all. Yeah, and um, so, yeah, Conan kills them. I do have a note here about the princess where I go, more of this help me Bombata shit, because she says that a lot in this. Well, yeah, she's used to, ex like, he's been her 
bodyguard for her whole life, presumably. So they, uh, they're like, oh, these are the queen's guards. And Bombata's like, oh, shit, and takes off. <laughs> yeah, he's like, uh, not any that I know. Deflect, deflect, deflect. <laughs> and so Conan decides to just get fucking drunk. Well, they're injured, and, like, Jenna's, like, giving him some sort of healing booze. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And Malik is helping out Zula by, like, covering her wound that's on her leg. Yeah. And he keeps moving up and up, copping a feel on her. Yeah, and she's not particularly happy about this. She's like, my wound is lower! And Malik is lucky he's not, uh, dead. Yeah. She was about to put his head on a pike. Zula was about to... Shove her quarterstaff right through his brain. Uh, the princess tries to put some medicine on Conan, but really she's just flirting with him. She is right. thirsty for Conan. Well, I mean, you're a I think you're a 15 year old girl. You've never seen a dude before, like a like a non eunuch before. But but Conan, and he's huge, swole guys, biter. Yeah, I mean, you could see what a 15 year old girl would be like. Hell yeah. Yeah, and um. He's drunkenly talking about Valeria. He he refuses the medicine because he's like, I- I'm okay. And she's like, I suppose nothing hurts you. Only pain. Pain hurts me. I just like I mean, the line. Only pain. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. Um, Valeria asks Malik's advice about romance. Oh, yeah, Jenna. Jenna. Oh, yeah, not Jenna. Valeria. Jenna. She's like, and Malik tries to explain sex to her incredibly poorly. Yeah, because... She's like, what do you do when you you get to, what do you do with him when you got him? And she's like, they have to join. <laughs> How do you think flowers grow? Like, do you not realize that she is completely sheltered and has no idea what you're talking about? Yeah. So they, uh, they come upon this, like, crypt or castle, whatever, they start exploring. And Malik is like, somebody should stay behind and watch the horses. Everyone's like, sure, Malik, go ahead. We don't fucking care. And yeah. he decides to go in with them anyway. Malik is the Jar Jar Binks of this movie. No one gives a shit about this dude. And again, really good set design in this, like, crypt or castle or whatever it is. Yeah, it's, yeah. Obviously, whoever doing set design was having a great time going all out. And, um, there's all these, like, ancient writings that Akiro reads them and figures out what's up. Yeah, he realizes, oh, yeah, the queen didn't give him the rest of the story. <laughs> yeah, that, they're gonna... Yep. The important part. They're going to sacrifice this girl to bring back Dagoth, who will bring death to the world. Yeah, left left the footnote out. And, and the, nobody like really cares at first because right, they yeah, Kona's like shut up, <laughs> shut up, Akira. Because they totally let the princess use the gem to pick up this horn, the horn that's going to awake Dagoth, and then they run into these Dagoth cultists that call themselves the Keeper of the Horn. Always with the fucking cultists. <laughs> and fucking Akira, he's like, Dagoth is bad, everybody. Everybody listen, Dagoth is going to destroy the world if you bring yeah, him back. Yeah, he's sort of like, hey, assholes, Dagoth is evil. And um, <laughs> they they manage to get out. This dude, One of the, the cultists has these wristbands that yeah. they sound like an app notification. It's like, da-ding, da-ding. <laughs> Not my, I thought I was getting text messages the whole time. The, the subtitle when I'm watching the movie says, Bracelets Clang. <laughs> it's like, it's so obvious that it shows up in the subtitles. And um, Bombata causes a cave-in to try and kill Conan and the rest. I do like the uh, wizard duel that, uh, that Akiro and the cult leader have. Yeah, it's a pretty awesome duel. It's, it's like, it's, it's funny because it's just like mental, but you can... 
<laughs> it's interesting. So I kind of like the way they did it. Bombata goes away with the princess to take her back, thinking Conan. And Jenna's like, where's everybody else? They're coming. Don't worry. Get going. And um, um, Conan is like, oh, we were lied to. Fucking duh. That's what I put. <laughs> Akira's like, yeah? I've been shouting it at you. Now we have to go. Trying to, trying to tell you this is bad shit. So they're, they they get to the, they have to sneak into the castle. Meanwhile, they're having the princess's birthday party in the castle. Right. You know, they're setting up for the sacrifice, and I don't know if the princess knows this or not. No, I don't think so. I think that when she, because the queen gives her that, like, wine glass with, like, Rufy in it. Yeah, which knocks her out. Yeah, she's, like, in a daze. Like, she's just kind of going through the motions. Really know where she's at. And have the... They figure a way into the castle, um, because Malik's like, my cousin's sister's brother said, and I'm like, yeah. cousin's sister's brother, that'd just be your cousin, dude. That would be your cousin, dumbass. But it's Malik, so. Yeah, and then Zulu's like, what did your sister's brother's cousin? No, my sister's cousin's brother. Whatever. <laughs> your fucking cousin, Malik. <laughs> yep. And um, so they get in there, and Zula just throws this spear in the most badass way. Oh, just impales the high priest. It's pretty sick. Yeah, because they're about they're they're summoning Dagoth right now, and Conan's fighting with Bombada. Yeah, they have big fight with Bombada. Well, well, oh, my note starts calling him Dagon at this point. <laughs> Dagoth. He's uh, he's waking up and he's just a big old beast. Uh, apparently, in Honor uh, the Giant is in that uh, Dagoth monster suit. Yes, and they shout at Conan to tear out the horn in order to kill Dagoth, which he does. He takes out the horn, throws it on the ground, and Malak runs over, picks up the, the horn, and does this hero pose. And I'm like, he got his selfie pose over the corpse yeah, of Dagoth. Because Conan delivers the, uh, you know, a double tap, essentially. Just make sure he stabs with his a head with a sword, and then Malak runs up and does the same thing, just to be like, ha, see, I did it. Yep. And now we have Queen Jenna. Because I guess there are no other heirs. She's next in line, so her parents are dead, the queen had no other children, so I guess she was next in line. Being the queen's niece. (laughs) Yep. I mean, that is possible. And um, she's like, oh, well, we need a new captain of the guards. Zula, that is your job now. And then Malik, we need a court jester. <laughs> like, a, a, a fool for the court. And that's your job now. And then Akiro, be my advisor and my tutor. And finally she comes to Conan and wants to make him her king. Yep. And he's like, no, I'm gonna have my own kingdom someday. And then she kisses him, and he's like, thanks, but no thanks. Then we get the same cutscene. <laughs> yeah, we get the same ending in the first movie where... Mako was like, oh, by the way, he did become a king someday, but that's a different story, which we never and get. <laughs> we never got that story. Yep. Conan the Destroyer's good. You said you liked it better. I like it better than the first one. I think, I like, I feel like the camp this one brings is more more suited to the kind of pulp fantasy that Conan is. Yeah, definitely, I agree. Because, um, I mean, that's what, you know, that's what, uh, Conan stories were always pulp fantasy, like, people try to view them as like, oh, there's... It's so influential and stuff. It's always just for fun. It was never, like, supposed to be taken super seriously. And this thing feels like a and d quest. This is yeah. a better Dungeons & Dragons movie than the Dungeons & Dragons. It's true. I'm worried that the new Dungeons & Dragons movie is just going to be like the first Dungeons & Dragons movie. I saw the trailers. It, it looks good, but that so did the first movie. That's true. <laughs> so, I mean, I will be seeing it. Um, Obviously. We should probably do a mini episode of that, too, at some point. Yeah. But, 
yeah, no, this is a this is a good one. I mean, it's it's more campy. It's a little less violent and a lot less sex. Zero sex. Um, um there was a cut scene though. Yeah, apparently, uh, who was it? Sarah Douglas said that they had a sex scene. So I guess the Queen wanted some action. I I kind of got that vibe from just watching the scenes with the Queen early on in the movie that she kind of wanted some action. Who did never she get it from? Conan. Oh. Like early in the movie, they have sex. Yeah. Oh, that's this is what uh, Sarah Douglas said. Several scenes involving her character were cut, including a sex scene with Schwarzenegger. She slaps Chamberlain at some point too, <laughs> and seduces the sta- and tries to seduce a statue. <laughs> yeah. I mean, given the the devotion she has to this Dagoth statue, that does not surprise me. But I would definitely take this over the coffee. Yeah, for sure. It's you know what's interesting is there's some like so uh, Howard's Conan stories are always criticized for their sexism because mm-hmm. like even the char- even like the female characters who you would think have, should have agency like Valeria in the stories she's mostly uh, what, what there's some there was some critique I ah, god damn it I, now I can't remember because my brain is is mush right now um, but there's some like uh, with the oh the the Jenna wants to learn to fight and you've got Zula who wants to teach her and that's another scene where Schwarzenegger's being an idiot Conan's kind of an idiot yeah um, in in the movie anyway and uh, so I mean you have the the emasculation and essentially the castration of Dagoth at the end the removing of his horn which has got to be symbolic right I'm not maybe I'm overanalyzing oh it. definitely phallic. Yeah, it seems like that's a his horn is his power, right? Yes. Like so, so there's like a there's like a feminist subtext to this, which is kind of an interesting thing. I'm watching this. I'm like, all right, cool. Um, so I like that about it. I thought that was again. I might be overanalyzing. I, I have a history of overanalyzing our films, but but I like. I thought it. It, I thought it was interesting. And uh, where is they had a whole? Ah, oh, I can't find it now. There was a whole, I was reading a whole bunch of stuff about Valeria's character, not in the movie, but in the stories. Basically, she's this badass warrior of the stories, too, but she's always getting, like, sexualized, and, like, her her position is never, like... Well, I think the, even the line is, Conan describes her as being a slave to her own gender or something like that, her own sexuality. It's kind of weird. Huh. So it's, I feel like this kind of turns it on its head. It's like, ultimately, it's the women who have power at the end of this, right? Yeah. Um, oh, what was I going to read here? Oh. By the way, do you know who played uh, the uh, creature version of Toss Almon? Oh. Pat Roach, professional wrestler. Most notably known as the German mechanic in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh. <laughs> and the thuggy overseer in Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Ah, very nice. Yep. He's play- playing, uh, playing type, I guess. Yep, playing type. Well, he's a professional wrestler. Yeah, big dude. Big strong. Oh, man, he died at 67. Shit. Yep. And the film was directed by Richard Fleischer, who I did bring up earlier, directed Mandingo. We're watching at some point. And uh, a <coughs> apparently much less good sword and sorcery film called Red Sonja. That's actually part of this universe, too. It is. We, we, we might do that at some point. Um, he also did one of my favorite movies, uh, Soylent Green. Oh, that's actually a good one. Yeah, I mean, he's a well-known director. He also did, like, Fantastic Voyage, Dr. Doolittle, not, not the uh, but the musical one, not the fucking yeah. Eddie Murphy one. Jazz singer. Yeah. Oh, the jazz singer is awful, though. <laughs> That's the one with fucking Neil Diamond going, we're coming to America. Well, we'll, we'll yep. do that at some point, maybe. Tora, Tora, Tora. 
Yeah, good director. Yeah, you know, a lot of good stuff. But that's Conan the Destroyer. Um, you obviously know where to find us if you're listening to the bonus episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Next week we're doing Leprechaun with a bonus yep. of Leprechaun 2. And that'll become our uh, our thing for St. Patrick's Days or Leprechaun movies. God knows I mean, there's why, plenty of them. Yeah, there's a 40 billion of them, but definitely in our wheelhouse. So. Yeah, because there's uh, Leprechaun 1, 2, 3, Leprechaun in Space... The two movies where Leprechaun is in the hood. Then there's a movie called Leprechaun Returns, which is a sequel to the first movie. And it's is, like a soft reboot. <laughs> is that the one that was done by, like, the WWE and has... No, that's Leprechaun Origins that has Hornswoggle in it. That's a different one. Okay. But yeah. Hornswoggle's in Leprechaun Origins, all right? I mean, we've got... It's like the Fast and the Furious movies. We've got many to get through. Yeah. Um, well, we actually have another Fast and Furious coming up soon, so we'll yep, catch you then. Yep, have a good night. Thank you for listening and subscribing and all that stuff. Thank you.